Welcome to AACS Today, the official podcast of the American Association of Christian Schools. Thank you for joining us on this episode of AACS Today. I'm Matt Tiscus, your host and regional director for the Mid-South AACS. On today's podcast, we're thinking about and looking at summer professional development and really professional development as a whole. And we have a great panel for you. It consists of some of our instructors for our upcoming uh, summer professional development workshop opportunities. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole list, uh, but we did just add a, a couple trainings, and I wanted to be sure that you saw those because those instructors are not going to be joining us on this podcast. So what we did was we surveyed our schools and found that the top two LMS platforms of those who responded were Google Classroom and Facts. And so what we have coming up right at the first week of June are two different one-day classes taking place over three days, and we're calling these LMS trainings for learning management system. Uh, the first class is an introduction to G Suite for Education, and that takes place on June 2nd or June 4th, 11.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., Eastern time. And again, that's Eastern time. So if you're like me in the central time zone, which is the best time zone, of course, it's 1030 to 330. And yes, five hours of training, same class on two different days. But we have one other class available for you. And that's the FACTS LMS training on Wednesday, June 3rd. That's one to four Eastern, three hours of training. And that includes time for Q&A as well. For these one day options, classes are $25 per person with a maximum of $100 per school. And if you order now, we'll throw in, okay, just kidding. I, we won't, we won't have any like 1999 buy one, get one deals. I'm going to, going to throw your way, but we want to make sure that you're aware uh, of these courses. Now recordings for these are available for 14 days after the class. So if you can't make the live training, you can access the recordings. Now we've just announced these classes. They're taking place soon. So be sure to register by May 29th and those are coming up soon. But we do have five other classes happening this summer as well. And these classes happen over two days and each teacher who participates receives 10 contact hours of training. And uh, we're going to get into these classes with our panelists here in just a little bit as we move through the, through the podcast. Now the investment for these, uh, opportunities is $40 per participant up to $200 and then $10 per participant after that. So we've priced these really well as a good way for you to be able to invest in your teachers and help them grow this summer. But I do want to bring in one of our panelists though, and he's no stranger to our AACS family, and that's Dr. Jeff Walton, our executive director. So Dr. Walton, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Good to be here with you again. So Dr. Walton, you're teaching a class this summer, but before we get into your class, let's just take kind of a 30,000 foot view of professional development kind of as a whole. Why is it important for teachers to pursue continuing education through professional development opportunities? Professional development or continuing education is part of the culture of teaching. Teachers, uh, even more so than people in other professions, should understand the importance of lifelong learning and professional development because we value education. Uh, it's essential that teachers develop their skills and model learning for their students by engaging continually in professional development activities. 
but it's not enough to engage in activities merely for the purposes of renewing certification or checking off a requirement that's assigned by an administrator. Uh, teachers and the school leaders who plan professional development have to ask the right questions about professional development. Yes, absolutely. So one of the wrong questions I think that we can ask is, hey, what's the easiest way to renew my certificate or what's the easiest way to meet this continuing education requirement? But Dr. Walton, what's the right question to ask? So the, the wrong questions that we're going to talk about are, are things that we commonly hear. In, in AACS, uh, one of the services that we offer is uh, teacher certification. And every year we process somewhere around 800 applications for certification or renewal. And quite often when we're processing a renewal, we hear the wrong questions. And we hear this question, what's the easiest way to get it done? The right question is, what professional development activity will stretch my abilities and understanding of my field or my craft? Not what's easiest, but what is going to stretch me as a teaching professional? John F. Kennedy said, we don't go to the moon because it's easy. We go because it's hard. Growth doesn't happen without stretching. Real improvement is never effortless. Teachers know that. We, we drill that into our kids. Real learning takes work. The easiest path rarely leads to the best destination. So growth as a teaching professional will not be the result of choosing those activities that meet requirements without demanding meaningful commitment of time and effort. Yeah, we've got to get outside our comfort zone. And I think that's an important uh, thing to bring out. So another wrong question is, again, these are things that we hear. What's the cheapest way to meet this professional development requirement? But Dr. Walton, what's the right question to ask? So the right question is, what is the best value I can find in professional development? Teachers and school leaders absolutely have to think about cost when selecting professional development activities. But considering cost and ignoring value is short-sighted. We need to think about the long-term goal of professional development. Professional development improves the teacher's understanding and skill, makes her a better teacher, allows her to serve uh, students and families in better ways, and that adds to the value of the experience that families will have with that classroom, with the teacher, and with the school. So professional development activities that do not actually produce professional growth are not a bargain. Uh, activities that produce growth and change are an investment with dividends. Christian schools exist because families are willing to consider value rather than cost. If cost were the only consideration, Christian schools would not exist because we can't compete with free. So teachers and administrators must also consider the value of professional development in addition to the cost. We owe at least that much to the families who trust their children to our care. Yep. Great point. Great point. Another wrong question sometimes that we hear, what can I possibly count towards this requirement? What's the, what's the better question? 
So the better question is, what can I do as a teacher or what can I provide as a school leader that will make the teachers better practitioners and will make the classroom a better place? Uh, if the mindset is only about meeting certification requirements, then the teacher or the planner will look for routine activities and required trainings and will attempt to include those in the required contact hours for professional development. That mindset does not lead to teacher growth. It doesn't lead to classroom improvement. It doesn't lead to improved school quality and the enrollment increases that come from becoming a better place. So routine trainings in a school's online grading program or annual bloodborne pathogens training or CPR refresher courses, all the things that teachers have to do that are good things are not really professional development. And so teachers and school leaders need to think instead about those things that genuinely contribute to professional growth and plan activities that promote school-wide thought, discussion, and growth. Professional development, if it's viewed as an investment in teacher growth, will be appreciated by the teachers and school families and will produce long-term dividends for everybody in the school community. Yeah, no doubt. And this summer... As we think about what our schools have experienced here in the spring, uh, school leaders might be tempted to, to skip some professional development opportunities that are, that are available. But I think what we're trying to encourage them to do is really to, to think twice before making uh, that decision. And Dr. Walton, you have a class uh, that you're teaching this summer that has to do with standardized testing. And it takes place uh, June 29th and 30th. So tell us just a little bit about your class and why it's important. Now here's a quick rundown of the class. Uh, it is a class that will look at understanding and effectively using standardized achievement tests. We're going to consider ethical is issues for classroom teachers. Uh, I, I've observed over many years that uh, teachers and school leaders often have misunderstandings about ethical uses for tests and test scores. Uh, some restrict themselves too tightly and others take liberties that they shouldn't take. So we're going to talk about ethical issues. We'll talk about the process of constructing standardized tests. When you understand how a standardized test is constructed, it gives you a, a lot of understanding then about uh, the purposes that that test serves. We'll talk about the content of a standardized test, how that content is determined, and also how, as a classroom teacher, you can have a, a general understanding of what content will be on that standardized test that your students take. We'll talk about the meaning of test scores uh, so that teachers understand thoroughly the most important scores. Many classroom teachers really only understand one or two of the scores that are part of standardized achievement testing. So we'll try to deepen the understanding and broaden the understanding of that. And then we'll get very practical with an hour of looking at data manager for producing reports in the Iowa assessments. Uh, we'll talk about interpreting individual score reports and group reports. And then one of the things that we encourage all of our instructors to do is we'll engage, particularly in the second day of the class, in some group activities, hands-on activities where at your location, 
you will prepare and role play a parent-teacher conference that helps you evaluate and explain an individual student's scores. You'll prepare and role play a media interview that helps you understand and interpret group scores or classroom scores. And then finally, we'll develop a strategy for remediating a class weakness. So we'll practically look at where is a weakness that's observed in class scores and then what would be an effective strategy for remediating that. Um, te teachers learn best in community. And so these are efforts to get them engaged in interacting with one another in applying the learning that's happening in the class. And of course, bring your yardstick for the role playing. So we make sure we stay our six, you know, our appropriate six feet apart, you know, and can use a couple yardsticks to make that happen. So don't forget about that. But wow, just hearing that as a former administrator, if I, if I was going to be honest, and I typically try to do that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that, that is a good thing. Um, I didn't always do a good job understanding uh, test scores, explaining those. And so those role play activities, I think, will be very valuable for leaders who take the time to invest in that. So, wow, sounds really good. And, and this workshop is very timely as well because many of our schools didn't have the opportunity to do standardized testing at all this spring but we're going to be offering something unique. I don't know that it's something that we've ever done before as an association with our fall testing program. Uh, so we're, we're certainly looking forward to making that available and more details uh, will be coming out about that very, very shortly. So um, Dr. Walton, thanks for sharing information with us about your class and kind of just an, an overview of professional development. I think it's important and um yeah, so thank you very much. I do want to go next to Dana Davis. Dana is our first instructor this summer, and her class is taking place June 15th and 16th. So Dana, welcome to the podcast, and tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background and your current position? I've had the privilege of serving at Maranatha Baptist University almost for 10 years now. I have a couple of different roles there. First, I teach in the School of Education. I teach classes both at the undergraduate level and at the graduate level. And the classes that I teach at the undergraduate level uh, deal with reading and the reading process. And it is certainly a joy to teach uh, the students that we have in Maranatha. In addition to that, I am the Assistant Vice President of Online and Distance Learning. And so I'm involved in the development of online programs and courses and training online faculty and everything that is involved in the online and distance learning department. And I love that job. I've worked in the online and distance learning department since I began at Maranatha in 2011. And it's just been really neat to see how God has allowed Maranatha to use technology to extend its mission to people all over the country and even around the world. So that's a real joy for me. Dana, I think it's great that one of our instructors oversees a distance learning program. And I think that's going to be so helpful as you design and designed the, the workshop because you know it works. So Dana, tell us a little bit more about your workshop. So the title of the workshop that I am teaching this summer is called Content Area Literacy Strategies That Work. But, you know, what is content area literacy? Well, when we talk about content area literacy, we're talking about reading to learn. So it involves all of those skills and strategies and abilities 
that are required for a student to read the more complex informational textbooks that are found in social studies, in science, in math. But it also involves modeling and teaching specific reading thinking skills that um, the teacher identifies as necessary for the student to understand the content. So this course is all about helping teachers teach their content area by helping students become better readers of the textbooks that are involved in that content area. And I think it's going to be super helpful for a lot of different teachers. So Dana, who has the class really been designed for? I mean, would you say it's more appropriate for elementary teachers, for secondary teachers, or for both? Uh, what does that look like as far as this workshop goes? This workshop is designed for teachers at both the elementary and the secondary levels. But I want to be really clear. You know, a lot of times when teachers hear this term, content area literacy, they inwardly groan. And they say, oh, I know what this workshop's about. It's just going to teach me how to be a reading teacher. And I'm not a reading teacher. I'm a PE teacher. I'm a math teacher. I'm a social studies teacher. And so I want to assure you that this workshop is not designed to turn every teacher into a reading teacher. Instead, this workshop is designed to help content area specialists become more skilled at teaching in their content area by helping them teach the reading that is specific to their content area. Because if the students are better readers of the texts in your content area, they will become better and more knowledgeable in the subject that you're teaching. So I really think there's a lot of value in this workshop for anyone who teaches a subject in, in the elementary level or at the secondary level, apart from reading or language arts. So let's move next to one of our other panelists and one of our other instructors for our upcoming summer professional development, and that is uh, Brian Osborne. So Brian, welcome to the podcast. And as uh, we get started here uh, today with you, uh, why don't you just briefly tell us about yourself and a little bit about what you do? Yeah, no, thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. It really is a blessing uh, on so many different levels. I work for a ministry called Answers in Genesis, located essentially in northern Kentucky. And we have two major Christian-themed attractions called the Ark Encounter, a life-size replica of Noah's Ark, and then the Creation Museum, uh, which is a 75,000-square-foot walk through biblical history. And so what we do is we, with a, as a ministry, we walk people through biblical history, and we answer the skeptical questions of this age, like, if the Bible is true, what about evolution and dinosaurs, the age of the earth, Noah's Ark and Flood, and even social issues? We dive into a lot of those as well, standing on biblical authority. And so we do that as a ministry as a whole. We do it on site at the Ark Encounter at the Creation Museum. Uh, I'm a speaker for the ministry and a writer and a curriculum specialist. I was a teacher for 13 years before joining the ministry. Actually, I taught Bible history in a public school for 13 years in Tennessee and then joined Answers in Genesis a little over six years ago. And so my job is typically to travel and speak around the world. Now, right now, there's no travel, <laughs> as everybody understands, right? But we're still speaking a lot uh, uh, via social media, recording videos, and doing things like that. And so I do a lot of teaching on giving those answers. And my focus is equipping, you know, the, the average person, the average Christian with real answers they can use to defend their faith where it's being attacked today so that we can proclaim the gospel effectively. And that's really the heartbeat of our ministry, defending the faith 
uh, to proclaim the gospel. And so in short, that's kind of who we are. That's what, what I do. The real question, Brian, is though, is, is your family happy that you're home or not? That's the real question. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Of course they're happy you're home. That's a horrible question. Well, well I mean, that kind of leads into, I mean, what's been a really big blessing honestly, for us uh, and during this event, because I typically I travel a lot. And um, the first three months of the year, I was gone every weekend. Mm. And, my, and the weekend for me when I travel, it's from Saturday to Tuesday. Right. And so gone quite a bit, different churches, different conferences. And my wife is a trooper and she loves the ministry and she's on board, of course. But uh, it's so much better, she says, when I'm home. Praise <laughs> God for that. Uh, you know, with our two kids and just, you know, and it's been so good. I've been working from home, playing with my kids. You know, I woke up this morning play with my son, my daughter, we flew a kite, we, you know, do all kinds of cool stuff. And then I get to do some work as well. So that's been good. Yeah. And in the midst of, you know, COVID-19, as we've all dealt with changes, you know, sometimes we've got to look at what the bright side, the the positive outcomes of it. And certainly one of those has been uh, the opportunity to, to delve deeper into our family relationships. And I suspect Absolutely. for most of us, that's a good thing. Maybe not all of us, but for most of us, it is. So it's good to hear your wife's glad, uh, glad that you're home. Hey, let's talk, about, um, let's talk about your class, though, which is called Answers sure. for Students, Equipping Students of All Ages to Defend Their Faith. The dates of the class are June 18th and 19th. And, of course, our, most of our listeners are very familiar with your ministry, but we've got uh, definitely some important topics and things to think about with this class. So tell us a little bit about what you're going to share uh, with those who participate. Yeah, no, absolutely. By the way, quick little shout out. Those two dates, the 19th is the day before my 22nd wedding anniversary. Just throwing it out there. So I'll be speaking right for my 22nd wedding anniversary. But anyway, there you go. Um, yeah. Uh, and it, they all, they've all been great. They really have though. But no, the classes. Yeah. So first, I mean, I think the, the, the biggest question people have is, well, why does this matter so much? Mm-hmm. Uh, why are these issues of origins and dinosaurs and age of the earth? Why, why is this so relevant? Why do you think it is? And, and we would say as a ministry that's so relevant because it's ultimately about defending biblical authority. That's right. really what this is about. And so one of the main ways that the enemy is attacking biblical authority today in America and throughout the West and really the world is by attacking the Bible's history with ideas like evolution and eight men and big bang and millions of years. And he's using those sort of ideas to get so many people, especially younger generations to question, doubt and reject the Bible. Mm -hmm. Right. Because bottom line is this, if you can't believe the Bible's history, right. Why trust it about morality or salvation? Right. If you can't believe Genesis one, one, why trust John three 16. And so, for so many people, especially our students, this is their stumbling block to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, they may not say it out loud, but they're definitely asking these questions. Research mm. shows that, uh, that around two-thirds of kids today who grew up in Christian homes, Christian homes, they walk away from the faith by the time they reach college age, mm. most of whom don't return. Right. And according to the research uh, that we've seen again and again, it's because they've got all these questions about the Bible's authority and credibility where the enemy's attacking today, and they're not getting any answers, right? right? We're not doing apologetics. We're not equipping ourselves to defend the faith, to equip our kids to defend the faith. And so they think there aren't any answers. They think the Bible can't be trusted. They reject it and walk away. Mm-hmm. And so really what we're all about is defending the authority, the integrity, the credibility of the Bible. So we, our kids will stand, we'll stand on God's word, and effectively proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's kind of the why behind all the answers and we'll do a whole session on that to dive into the details uh and so that's the why and then as we after we lay down the foundation of the why 
then we'll jump into the questions of, well, what about evolution? And mm-hmm. what about the age of the earth? And how do you explain dinosaurs in the biblical worldview? What about Noah's Ark and Flood? Could the animals really fit? And was it a real ship and a real event history? And, and then what about how many races are there? Mm-hmm. Is there actually only one race as the Bible clearly tells us from the beginning? And what kind of go into all those issues and the, the consequences of those ideas in a biblical framework? We'll deal with all of that. And then we'll cover a couple of issues, other issues as well. And then I'll also do a brand new talk, as I was telling you earlier, uh, called Quick Answers to Social Issues. Yeah. I wrote a book by that same name. And so in that particular talk, we'll go through a whole bunch of the social issues. And the goal will be, how do we deal with these, understand these, and respond to these in a biblical worldview? If we're using the Bible as our standard, as our foundation, how do we answer abortion and euthanasia and homosexuality and so-called gay marriage? And what about climate change? And what about uh, social justice? How do we answer those issues from a biblical worldview? And so we will give good, quick, concise answers to those sorts of issues in one of the talks as well. And again, the whole point of all that is to give answers, to stand on the rock that is God's word, to proclaim the gospel. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And I know, again, most of our listeners are familiar with the ministry of Answers in Genesis. Many of us, myself included, have been to the Ark and the Creation Museum, and we're certainly grateful for uh, for the ministry that you have. And uh, we're just excited that we get you know that we get you to come and come and join us for for these couple of days to kind of pour into our team and invest in our uh, teachers and our administrators. So I really hope our administrators out there will consider participating in this class, you know, Brian, because honestly, uh, a lot of us right now are tired of zoom meetings. Uh, we're tired <laughs> online, anything. And so yeah. the thought of a, an online class may be a little overwhelming. The nice thing is, and we talked about this with one of the other panelists, uh, we, we mentioned that, you know, we we're taking, uh, several weeks after school's out here. So it's not like it's just as soon as school ends, we're jumping right into some more training. Mm-hmm. We let our minds kind of take a break and rest a little bit, and then let's dive into some training to help us prepare for next year. And what I like about your uh, sessions in particular is this is for all, this is really for all ages, right? This is not just for uh, high school students. You know, we know that elementary students are asking some of these hard questions. And as a matter of fact, that even some of the research that you, you all have shared, I think bears out that if we're not answering the questions by like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, we're, we're already behind and, and kind of losing in that battle. So, exactly um, right. yeah, so good, good stuff. We're looking forward to having you. Thank you for, for taking the time to just come and chat with our listeners, share a little bit about what's Absolutely. coming. And uh, we look forward to having you join us uh, here in just a few weeks in June. So thank you. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I love uh, speaking to teachers. Uh, you guys are my home folk in a lot of ways. Uh, I love you guys. I'm so, pa- I'm so passionate about what you're doing, equipping kids. Uh, with knowledge and the center of God's word. And if I could be a part in that, man, that's a blessing. So thanks for having me. All right. And so now we want to welcome uh, Heidi Brockler to the podcast. Heidi, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, really appreciate you taking out the time to share a little bit about your uh, summer professional development course with our listeners. But I, I want to start, Heidi, with this question. And it's this, what is something that you have learned during this COVID-19 pandemic? I have learned that creativity (laughs) is vital to survival in teaching. If I didn't know that already before, I know that now. This might be my 24th year of teaching, but these last eight weeks have been some of the most challenging, stretching times. I learned that I could um, convert my guest bathroom shower wall into a whiteboard and, (laughs) and stick an iPad on a ladder, and that became my 
recording studio to record my calculus lessons and my algebra one lessons and yeah i things i never thought i would do i've done in the last eight weeks <laughs> yeah that's so funny and i'm glad you shared that story because i was going to bring that up because right before we started recording uh together you were you were telling me about uh uh, doing your lessons on the bathroom wall. First of all, super creative. I mean, that's incredible because like, it's like a whiteboard, right? I mean, that's, that's right. the kind of, it's, yeah, the kind of service you have. But uh, I, we were talking about things you thought you'd never say, uh, t- <laughs> teaching your, teaching your lessons in your guest bathroom, right? I mean, just yeah. things, things in education, but what a great point. We have to be creative in teaching and this is certainly a new one for all of us. So um, good, good perspective on that. Help us get to know you a, a little bit more for those who are uh, thinking about taking uh, your class this summer. Uh, give us a little bit about your background and who you are and what you do. Okay. Um, like I said, I just finished my 24th year of teaching. Um, I have my master's in education. My bachelor's is in mathematics education. And um, I teach high school, 9th through 12th, but I've tutored all levels of math. When you're a math teacher, everybody thinks you can help their child. So <laughs> French, nieces, nephews, <laughs> it's all fair game. So I've, I've tutored quite a bit and um, I, I want to make my classroom um, exciting. I want the kids to, uh, it's school. It's not going to be a three ring circus. It's not a party day every day, but also there's no bonus points for making it um, horrible and not enjoyable for student and teachers. So I want them to learn, but if it can be enjoyable on the way, let's do it that way. Yeah. I love what you just said. It's not a party day every day, <laughs> which means, <laughs> Hey, there's a party day some days in there, which is very necessary. So thank you as a, as a teacher for putting that in there. Hey, I really like the title of your class and it's this school boring. Never. Uh, I think it's such a creative title. Why did you pick that title? What are you trying to communicate? I'm trying to communicate that we can educate um, without using um, a zillion worksheets, that every class doesn't have to be the same, that there's a lot of, there's a lot of tools that we have at our disposal and they're not all technology. One of my sessions is teaching with food and yeah, you have to be careful for allergies out there, but Again, if, if you can use something as simple as pull and peel Twizzlers or, um, or Fruit Loops, and that makes the lesson more rememberable for the students because it's more enjoyable, like that's a win-win for us. <laughs> no, that's beautiful. And what student doesn't like some type of treat to go along with their lesson? And you're going to incorporate those things into this, into this uh, workshop that you're teaching, right? So they're going to get some of these yeah. practical things that you do that have just been very successful. So they're going to come away with, come away with these things. Now, Heidi, you've told us that, you know, you're involved with math, you're a math teacher, but is this class just for math teachers? No. In fact, that's why we changed the first summer we had the class called math boring never. And we actually changed it last summer to school boring never, because I don't want to scare away um, non-math teachers. I know math is scary for a lot of teachers and it's not their favorite subject. You either kind of love it or hate it. And I just want all the teachers to know that, that I'm going to just present ideas and you take them and adapt them to your grade, your curriculum, your classroom, your students. And will you be able to use everything? Probably not. None of us will. Even, even the ideas that I give, I don't use every idea every year, but you know your students best and you know what you can take and use best. And I'm just trying to give practical ideas that have actually worked. I don't share any idea I actually haven't done with my students 
And then you take them and adapt them to your current situation. And um, I've, I've, I teach next door to the Spanish teacher and she's taken some of these ideas and used them and English teachers and LED teachers. So they're just ideas to be incorporated into your classroom to best meet the needs of your students. And that word you said is so important and it's practical, right? Our teachers, yes. you know, we, we get a lot of theory sometimes, but it's, it's nice. And, and, and theory, by the way, is important. We need philosophy. We need theory in education, not, not, not um, negating the importance of that, but practical things are important as well. And so a teacher is going to get a lot of practical training with ideas, like you said, that you use, right? So that's a, that's a beautiful thing with your 24 years of experience. So how do you, as we, as we kind of finish up uh, here, and this is just a, this is just a quick overview for our listeners, right? But what would you tell an admin because really the admins are the ones kind of looking at these uh, workshops that we have available this, this summer. They're looking at yours. They're looking at our professional development. And they're thinking, you know, I'm just not sure uh, we should do this this summer. Our teachers have already done so much online. They've been through much, been through so much here at the end of the school year. Kind of what w- what would you say to an admin who's kind of having that that thought? Um, that these classes are kind of a shot in the arm in the middle of the summer. We all, we're all very tired right now. And, and I'll be the first to get in line there. And if this class was next week, it would be very hard for me to teach it next week. I need, but these classes are offered in the summer to give the teachers just a chance to think about the fall and think about their classrooms. And in my, in my class, I'm trying to give them ideas and then I'm trying to give them time to incorporate those ideas. They need some lead time. They need to be able to think through. I'm going to ask them to make sure they have their curriculum and their like workbooks and lesson plan books like near them when they're taking the class so that they can they can write the ideas right away so they don't forget them. And um, and for me like teaching the class it's a good reminder every year of ideas I've forgotten about. And so if it's helpful for me to present it, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly hoping and praying that it's helpful for the, the teachers that listen. And yes, we're tired, but we're always going to be tired. It's just a different tired this spring. That's not going to change. And, and we need the teachers prepared and this fall education may continue to look a little different and anything we can do this summer to, to get in front of that and prepare well is, is going to benefit all of us. Yeah, that's that's such good perspective, and and the reason that we you know we don't do it right after school ends is for for the reason that you mentioned, which is we we all need some time to kind of decompress and to kind of clear <laughs> our minds a little bit, and especially we've had you know we've had a lot of stress uh, at the end of this school year for our teachers, you know especially our teachers who are who are teaching uh, from home, many of them maybe a teacher has their their own children at home that they're helping. Uh, f- finish up the school year as well. So there's definitely been a lot of things that we we have dealt with. So we take some time to rest, we take some time to decompress, but then we come into here the the third or fourth week of June, and we're we're ready to go. Our our thoughts are a little clear, and we can begin we can begin processing next year. So that's great perspective. Um, how do you want to thank you for just kind of sharing just briefly, quickly about your class? And I know that the the participants that have taken it have really enjoyed it. And it is going to be a great class. I want to encourage 
our listeners to don't miss out on Heidi's class because you're going to love the practical nature and practical aspect of it. So Heidi, uh, thank you for joining us. I wish you all the best here as we finish up the school year uh, because I know you've got things you're finishing up. So thanks for taking some time to join us. You're welcome. Well, that just about does it for this episode of AACS Today. Thanks so much for uh, listening and for hanging with us. And I hope you appreciated the different panelists that we have. What an incredible group of educators and what an opportunity that we have as teachers and as administrators uh, to learn from them this summer. As a reminder, all of our professional development information is on our website at aacs.org. It's under the services tab. When you hover over the word services, if you'll click the word staff, then you'll have access to see the different training opportunities that we have coming up. Um, the LMS trainings, the summer professional development. Uh, you can even take a look at uh, some of the things that we have had coming for fall professional development, as well as things like the Orton-Gillingham training and other things. So take a look at that. Uh, we have priced these at uh, just a great price to, to be a help and a blessing to your staff and uh, to your team. So I trust that this podcast was a, a good reminder to you about the importance of professional development, uh, but also a reminder about the things that we have coming up this summer. So hope you have a, a great uh, upcoming week, and uh, we certainly wish you all the best as you honor your seniors and plan for the end of the school year. I know many things on your plate now. We'll be praying for you and wish you all the best. God bless.